the first time that I ever saw the words, a church for people who don't go to church, were on this postcard that I got in the mail from this church. And um, I remember looking at this postcard and it was like, hey, Grace Community Church. And it was like, find your purpose and had a lot of energy to the card. But one of the things that I just couldn't get past was it had these, these cartoon caricatures. And, um, and you know, there was just something about them. I, I know, I, I guess, what the intent was supposed to be. But for me, they were just a little strange. You know what I'm saying? There's just a little weirdness to them. And, um, and so as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, man, I just can't do another weird church. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've, had some, I've had some bad church experiences. And, uh, and so I was like, I just can't do it. So um, just as I was about to drop that postcard into the trash, I noticed on the back um, at the very bottom, it said, Grace, a church for people who don't go to church. And I stopped and I thought, you know what? If that means to them what that means to me, like what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks in this series, if, if this is a church that's more focused on doing things for the community, right? If this is a church that is truly a safe place where no matter where you are in your faith journey, like you can ask questions and you can be real about your struggles and your doubts, then you know what? This might just be the church for me. And so I remember uh, Becky and I decided, you know what, we're going we're gonna to give it a shot. And when we showed up, um, I just remember that, that first Sunday, I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was that I liked, but there was just something about it. It was like this church had a special sauce to it. Anybody a fan of special sauce? Like, man, I, I love... The, the, I'm, I'm sorry, secret sauce. I'm, I'm a huge fan of secret sauces. It seems like today, like every restaurant out there, every sandwich you order has some sort of a secret sauce. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, this, this love for me goes all the way back to middle school, okay? In middle school, I remember um, in the cafeteria, we, we just got tired of, of just the, the standard ketchup with the fries. And so we started experimenting and um, came up with this, incredible combination of ketchup and mayonnaise. You've done this, right? Okay. You don't love it? What's, what's, what's wrong with you? This is incredible. All right. All right. This, this was the secret sauce. And listen, for those of you haters out there, all right, this is actually a thing. You guys know what it's called, right? Yeah, it's mayo chup. Okay. Heinz thought it was good enough to put it in a bottle. Okay. So there you go. All right. So we've got mayo chup and man, right downstairs, one level below, you guys know the restaurant that's here at Boston Quarter, right? They have a secret sauce. You know what I'm talking about? Chick-fil-A sauce, right? Nobody knows exactly what the ingredients are. That's what makes it fun, right? Well, Grace Community Church has a secret sauce as well. And there are two ingredients in this secret sauce that are not only the essential ingredients of a church for people who don't go to church, but they're actually the key to a thriving relationship with God. And we find this secret sauce, we find these two ingredients actually in the Apostle Paul, who, for those of you who don't know who the Apostle Paul is, he was an early follower of Jesus and uh, wrote a lot of the New Testament. And he was arguably the greatest Christian who ever walked the face of the earth. 
So we're going to take a look at these two essential ingredients of this secret sauce. The first one is humility. Humility. So check out what Paul writes here to uh, the church in Ephesus, chapter 3, verse 8. He says, and I want you to just take in these words for a second. He says, I am the le- I'm less than the least of all God's people. Isn't that amazing? I mean, this is a deep humility. He's just not saying, oh, you know, I'm not that great. No, no, he's saying, I am like the worst of the worst. Now, you might be thinking, why in the world is Paul saying this? The greatest Christian, arguably, ever. Well, it makes sense for those of you who know his past, right? Uh, Paul actually comes into the pages of human history in the book of Acts, that early history of the the, the first church. And it says in Acts 8.3, Saul, which was Paul's Jewish name, it says that, that he was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Now, um, Paul then became a follower of Jesus. But, you know, I can't really think of a, of a worse start for someone who's a follower of Jesus, who's going to, you know, be this great Christian leader. Can you, can you think of a, a worse way to build your resume than by starting out by trying to kill Christians? That's not very good, right? So it makes sense that he was like, look, I'm the worst of the worst. I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people. But what's great about Paul, and I think what made Paul so powerful and effective as a leader, was that he wasn't just humble about his past. Because, you know, the past is in the past, and we're forgiven through Jesus. But he was also humble in his presence. And I want you to notice this. Um, some of you have, have read Romans chapter 7. If you've never read it, it's, it's powerful. Um, and look at what, what Paul says. He says, and this is now as a follower of Jesus. He says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And isn't that just so refreshingly honest and real, can't you, can't you relate to the Apostle Paul here? You, you see what made him such an effective leader was, yes, he was great, brilliant theologian. Started all these churches across the Mediterranean region. But he was so humble. He was so relatable. So humility, an essential ingredient in this secret sauce. You know, the very first Sunday that uh, Becky and I came to Grace Community Church after getting that postcard, um, I don't actually remember a lot about that service that was held at this uh, little elementary school in North Arlington. There wasn't anything particularly noteworthy about it for me. But, um, but then I remember there was this young pastor named John Sly who got up to speak. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know this guy from anybody, right? He gets up and starts talking. And I remember, you know, the message was compelling. He was clearly presenting, you know, whatever he was talking about from the Bible that day. Um, But what really struck me about him and about that sermon was, was his humility. And again, don't remember any specifics, but I remember just thinking, wow, um, this is a guy who's, who's saying things like, you know, 
I, I haven't necessarily figured this, completely figured this out yet. Or, you know, you say things like, I, I still struggle with this myself to, to live out these teachings of Jesus. And I remember that very first Sunday, I'm sitting there and I was like, you know what? This guy is real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, and I just thought, I think that I can be real here in this church. Like my struggles, my doubts, like I can just, I can just be fully myself. And that very first Sunday, it's like I tasted that secret sauce and I was like, you know what? I'm in. This is, this is a church where I think I can grow in my relationship with God. So humility is an essential ingredient in being a church for people who don't go to church. And it's also an essential ingredient in our Christian faith. It's, it's critical. In fact, I would argue that if there's one virtue that's the most important virtue to embody as a Christian, it's humility. You might have heard uh, this said before, but um, you've heard that if you were going to sum up the Bible in one sentence, how you could sum it up, right? There is a God and you are not him, right? I mean, it doesn't get much more humbling than that, just big picture. And, and, and that's really such an incredibly important part of the Christian life. It's our humility. So the second ingredient in the secret sauce is confidence confidence. And we see that the apostle Paul was definitely a confident guy. Now, where did all this confidence come from? Well, we have to look all the way back to, again, when we first are introduced to Paul. And again, this is before he was a follower of Jesus. Acts chapter nine, check out what happens to Paul. It says, as he neared Damascus on his journey, And by the way, this was his journey to go and round up more Christians and persecute them. It says, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Of course, Saul asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, the voice replied. And for those of you who know the story, it goes on to tell us how Paul was struck down blind for three days and then he was miraculously healed. God, I'm I'm sorry, Paul had this incredible God moment on the road to Damascus. This, This was the moment of Paul's conversion to Christianity. And so it's no wonder that he was so confident, right? I mean, that he could so boldly proclaim this gospel message of the good news of Jesus Christ. You know why? Because he had had an encounter with the risen Jesus Christ. I mean, think of what that would do for your faith. Think about that for a second. If you had actually had an encounter with Jesus, you'd been like struck down blind. You'd heard an audible voice from heaven. That, that's incredible. So of course, he was, he was courageous. He was confident. He could deal with all the different um, hardships and adversities that he dealt with in his life because he'd, he'd met Jesus. So he had this confidence. Um, in those early days at Grace, I was struck by the boldness and by the confidence of this little fledgling church. 
I remember um, there were probably only like 50 people or 75 people at the time when, when uh, I, I first was, was going to Grace. And uh, I remember hearing about that this church was like running a full-on pre-K program for, for, for immigrant families that were feeding into uh, the elementary school. And I was just thinking, there's, there's no way. How, how does a church this small take on something this big? This is, this is crazy. But you know what it was? It was just, it was boldness. It was confidence. This is a need. We're going to do it. and We're going to trust God for it. Man, that, that was amazing. And then, you know, I, I, the other thing that just that struck me, and, and maybe it struck some of you all, there was no passing of an offering plate. Did anybody else think that was weird the first time that you came to Grace? And it's like, why don't they pass an offering plate? Like for me, I, I, I was a finance and accounting major in college and I started out in the business world. And I'm like, do they have any idea how much money they're forgoing by not just, just pass the plate, man. Like people will put money in it and you'll get more money. And, um, and, and I was a little bit like, how is this church surviving? You know, I thought that was a little bit, a little bit weird, but you know, when I really stopped and reflected on it, I realized how brilliant that was. Cause first of all, what's one of the biggest beefs that people have with church today? Money. It's money. So guess what? They're like, you know what? We're just going to take that right off the table. That barrier, it's not going to exist at grace. We're not even going to take an offering. And, and then I was thinking, you know, how bold, how confident is this church that they would say, we don't need to pass a plate to, you know, to, to kind of like induce any sort of feelings of guilt or obligation to give. But instead, we're just gonna, we're gonna trust God, right? We're just gonna be confident in God. This is God's church and he's gonna put it on the hearts of his people. Those who wanna give are gonna give. And that, that was so powerful to me. I just thought man, the, 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 the way that this church is trusting in God, such confidence, incredible. So therein lies the secret sauce of a church for people who don't go to church. It's humble confidence. That's the sauce, humble confidence. And when you've got those two things working together, man, that is the stuff. Okay. It's delicious. You just can't resist it. You want to put it all over your sandwich. All right. And, and you've experienced this for those of you who, who love grace, you, you know what I'm talking about. This humble confidence. You feel it when you walk in, don't you? I mean, you, you feel it in the smiles on the people's faces that you see. It's that confidence they have, that, that hope and that joy, that, that love of God that's just kind of pouring out of them. But it's combined with something else. It's a humble spirit, isn't it? You get this, this vibe that, hey, we're no better than anybody else. Maybe you haven't been to church in a long time. It's cool. We're all exactly the same in the eyes of God. God loves us exactly the same. For those of you who've uh, participated in a small group here at Grace, you've felt that humble confidence, right? It's, it's being a part of a group where there's a deep humility to be able to say, you know what? This is my struggle. This is my big question. I don't understand this about God. These groups are safe places where we can be real. Where we can be humble about what we're dealing with, what we're going through. At the same time, there is a confidence 
in those groups. You know what? We're going to turn to God. We're going to look to his word and we're going to come with faith and expectation that he's got something in there that's going to help us. And we're going to get on our knees and we're going to pray and, and God's going to show up in our lives. This combination, this secret sauce, this humble confidence, man, it is so powerful. Now, by the way, and I know Anna already talked about groups a little bit, but I just have to say, if you're not in a group, you've got to try one. You got to try one. Life is hard, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's challenging today. And you know what? I think it's just too hard to do it alone. So here's what I want to encourage you. If you're not in a group and you're like, you know, Derek, I get it. You guys talk about groups, you know, multiple times through the year. But here's the thing, Derek, I'm just not a groups person. Like I don't do groups. Well, I have great news for you, okay? We are a church for people who don't go to church. And we have groups for people who don't go to groups. That's, (laughs) it's actually how we've designed the groups. And on a serious note for a second, Seriously, if you like this church, okay, you've experienced the secret sauce and maybe it's been more of a Sunday experience for you sitting in a row. But that secret sauce is also in our groups, for real. That humble confidence. And if you think you've enjoyed growing sitting in a row, man, I can't tell you how much more powerful it is when you're sitting in a circle and you have people who actually know you. It's, it's powerful. So again, last day to sign up for groups is today. And I, and I really encourage you, take a shot. What do you have to lose? All right, so I've been talking about um, Paul. I've been talking about uh, Grace Community Church and what this secret sauce looks like for our church. But um, I wanna talk for a minute, uh, just on a personal note, Uh, What does this look like for you personally? Like, how do you get this humble confidence in your life? If this is such an essential part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and if this is the, the stuff of great leaders, like, how do we get this humble confidence more in our own lives? I wanna give you two things. The first one is this. Push into your need Push into your need. Now, I want to tell you what I mean by that. So we have the Apostle Paul. We've already talked about how, you know, he struggled just like all of us do in his life. But there was one struggle in particular that he talks about. It's famous. You probably have heard about this, even if you haven't spent much time in church. Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now, we don't know what that thorn was. Okay, there's much debate about what the thorn was. We don't know, but... He was clearly struggling with something. And check out what he says in verse eight. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three times he pleaded. Now, notice what Paul says next, because God doesn't remove the thorn. And that's very interesting. God doesn't remove the thorn, but instead, verse nine, Paul says, but he said, he says, God said, my grace is sufficient And check out these words, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, this is so important, particularly if 
you're, you're struggling to figure out, how do, I, how do I feel more connected with God? Maybe you're struggling. You're, just, you're struggling for motivation. You're, I don't know. You're, you're, just, you're having a hard time right now in your faith to get motivated and to connect with God. Paul experienced God's power through this need. He pleaded with God. I want to ask you, when's the last time you pleaded with God? Because it could be that the reason you're struggling in your faith is because you've sort of lost sight of your need for God. I know I do that sometimes. Like, I'm good, right? It's like everything's sort of rolling along. I don't really need God that much. You've got to push into your need. Find something that you honestly need God's help with. It could be some struggle you're going through. It could be a relationship. I don't know what it looks like for you, but there's gotta be something where you can legitimately say, God, I need you. You see, when we push into our need, it activates God's power in our lives. So push into your need. The second thing, and this is more in the realm of the confidence part of the sauce, push into his love. They push into God's love. Now, we talked about how Paul had this amazing moment on the road to Damascus. That was his God moment. And what Paul would do is time and time again, he would come back to that moment. That was his moment where he knew God loved him and had this incredible plan for him. It brought him all the confidence he needed in his faith. What's your God moment? Do you have a moment where God was real to you? And do you return to that moment? Today is Palm Sunday. This is a God moment in and of itself. Uh, Palm Sunday, it's the start of Holy Week leading up to Easter. And it's the day where we remember the people of Jerusalem taking out these palm branches and waving them as Jesus rode into Jerusalem to lay down his life for us. So what we're going to do on this Palm Sunday is we're going to celebrate communion together. So I'm going to ask our music team to go ahead and come out. And, um, and our ushers have communion elements. If you didn't get communion elements when you uh, first came in, just shoot your hand up and our ushers will make sure that you get some. Communion is open to everyone at Grace. And, uh, and really, what I want to do right now is just to give you a few moments, just to get quiet, okay? So you may want to close your eyes right now. Um, just sit and be still. Maybe you want to reflect on your need and his love for you. I'm just going to take a few moments of silence, just you and God. And then we are going to celebrate what communion means, what Jesus has done for us what he's done for you. So just take a minute right now.
on that last night that Jesus was with his disciples, they were having one final meal and Jesus was explaining that they had a really big need. They actually needed him to go to a cross to lay down his life so that it didn't, it no longer mattered how great of a life that they had lived. It was about the life that he had lived. And so Jesus took bread. Go ahead and peel back the top layer of the elements there. And he said, this is my body. It's given for you. Take and eat. Let's eat together. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood given for you. Let's take and let's drink. Let me pray for you. God, as we kick off Holy Week, as we think about you laying down your life for us, God, help us to remember that we truly do need you in our lives. Help us to stay dependent on you. And God, help us just to stay in touch with your love for us, God. We want to be people who are both deeply humble and supremely confident, God. Please help us. We thank you. In Christ's name.